how do I um, re rebalance myself first where my masculine feminine are in alignment. All right, everyone out there, welcome to Heal Thyself. Thank you so much for showing up, giving your attention. That's the most valuable asset, your attention, your time, uh, to really opening up to all of this wonderful information that for me is really important for overall health that I want to disseminate to all of you. Hopefully speaking to your hearts, sharing it to loved ones. Super excited. Look, I'm back from Ecuador. I was living in the Amazon jungle. What are the takeaways while I'm there that I'm thinking, I can't wait to get back on camera and share with you all. I have a lot to say about a lot. So stay tuned because if you want to simplify your life, if you want to simplify your health, this is the show that I'm going to be giving you all of the goods and my experience from what I've seen. Also, very special guest, Mickey Agarwal. She is the founder of Tushy. If you ever use that on your toilet bowl, you ever seen the words Tushy? You ever seen the brand Tushy? It's amazing stuff. If you ever seen Thinks, she is the creator of these underwear. So amongst all of that and being an amazing entrepreneur, she's so deeply grounded and rooted in who she is in spirituality. So such a well-rounded voice in all things health and wellness, but also deeper into spirituality. So we're going to have a really good talk about a lot of things that we may be missing, a lot of blind spots in our life that are holding us back from our true success. And I'm so excited to have this conversation because a lot of us have a lot of blind spots that we're not looking at, that maybe it's time we twist the light a little bit, illuminate them a little bit, and really start stepping into our power because that is our God-given right. To step into our power, walking through this world, be authentically us, and then really start elevating the people around us. So before we get into this Ecuadorian experience in the Amazon jungle, I got a few words to say about our awesome Heal Yourself sponsors. You know, we often underestimate the impact that laundry and cleaning products have on our overall health and well-being. We do. We don't think about how many of those traditional detergents and household cleaners can be loaded with harmful chemicals and toxins that wreak havoc on our body, especially if we have kids. That's why I'm always excited to bring on sponsors that I align with. Molly Suds is one of them. They're a brand that has been using an absolute game changer of a formula. Molly Suds is amazing. It's a line of laundry detergents and household cleaners that are made with safer, gentler ingredients. Again, especially for you and your children or future children, right? To me, something really important is integrity in a company. Molly Suds, super high integrity. I appreciate how powerful and effective these products are at getting your clothes clean, but it's also kinder to your health and to the environment. They have laundry detergents in particular that are free of all those nasty chemicals, right? These are ones that you might see right now in the back of your product. 1,4-dioxane, formaldehyde, synthetic dyes. You're probably gonna see fragrances. That one's gonna be really common. These are all causing allergies, disrupting your hormones, and actually are known cancer and actually some of them can increase your risk of cancer. And think about it, how often are you washing your clothes? I'll say this, the cleaning power of Molly Suds is impressive. It outperforms a lot of the mainstream brands without all the harsh stuff. And plus, this is one of my favorite parts. It's actually more cost-effective per load, which is a major bonus. And because Molly Suds is cruelty-free, vegan, and Leaping Bunny certified, I can feel good about ethical and sustainable practices behind the brand. So if you're ready to ditch those toxic cleaning products and make switch from something safer, something more effective, I highly recommend checking out Molly Suds. You can pick it up at your next Target run or to make it even easier, just go to mollysuds.com slash DRG. 
Use the code DRG to get 20% off of your entire order. That is M-O-L-L-Y-S-S-U-D-S dot com slash DRG and use the code DRG. Let's talk about a game changer in the world of health and fitness. This is Lumen. It is the world's first handheld metabolic coach. Let me tell you a little bit about this game changer. It's a device that measures your metabolism through your breath. And on the app, it lets you know if you are burning fats or carbs and gives you tailored guidance to improve your nutrition, your workout, your sleep, and even stress management level. There's stress. And here's how it works. You simply breathe into the Lumen device first thing in the morning, and you get real-time feedback on whether you're burning fats or carbohydrates. Lumen then provides you with personalized nutrition plans for the day based on your metabolic measurements. So why does metabolic health matter? Well, think of your metabolism as your body's engine. It's what turns food you eat into energy to keep you going throughout the day. And when your metabolism is optimized, you'll experience benefits of easier weight management, improved energy levels, better fitness results, and better sleep. That's where Lumen comes in. It helps improve your metabolic health with every single breath that you take, offering recommendations to enhance your pre and post-workout fueling for peak performance and recovery. So if you want to take the next steps in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use the code DRG to get $100 off of Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N.me and use the code DRG at checkout for $100 off. All right, so I am back from the Ecuadorian jungle. And boy, do I have a lot of things to say. You know, there was a lot of moments when I was there and I was like, I really got to communicate this with the world. And I've been so excited to do so. But before I do, I want to paint the picture about what I believe to be destiny. And we hear so much about it in movies, especially those action movies where the guy climbs a mountain or the girl goes through the village and really comes into contact with their destiny, right? What has been waiting for them all of their lives? And I think a lot of these things happen in our lives where something deeper tries to communicate with us and show us this path that is there for us. And a lot of the times, it takes one deep emotion and its courage to really step into it. And the way the series of events happened that brought me to this place, that really brought all this information for me to give to you all, was a wonderful synchronous timeline. I remember clearly meditating in 2020. You know, the pandemic just started. And I had left Venice because I thought LA was just going to start burning. And I went to Palm Springs and I had a home there. And I stayed there for two months. And I was with a few people. And I remember one of the first nights we all did a meditation together, a guided meditation. And I was out. Like, I don't know if any of you have meditated and you just go into another world and you're like, between conscious, waking consciousness versus dreaming. And I remember I had a vision where I'm standing in front of this huge tree and I'm looking up the tree slowly. And then I look down and then I look to my right and on my right side, like a mirror, like an image of you, they're looking at you in the mirror. I see an indigenous person, indigenous man with red eye paint over their eyes. And they're looking at me and I'm looking at him and I immediately came out of my meditation and uh, I, I, I guess I was the last one in a deep meditation. I go to my girlfriend at the time, I go, I feel like there was just a ghost in my meditation. I don't know, it just didn't feel like any other meditation. So I see this indigenous person, it really stuck with me. And then I began having dreams. And in these dreams, I started seeing the indigenous tribes with red eye paint and I started 
really trying to figure out what is happening, what's communicating with me. For a while, they went on the back burner and I didn't see any visions for about a year and a half, actually. And then you'll all recall, uh, I did the show about coming back from Portugal and doing the emotional release training and really that being a life-changing thing, especially the way I practice and the way I communicate about health. But in that space in Portugal, I had um, connected in practice as one of my partners for one of the sessions uh, with this wonderful, wonderful clairvoyant um, person from Brazil. And I too have clairvoyancy, so I can see things and she can see things. So we end up being together randomly, right? By chance, randomly, quote unquote. And we are going through this emotional release process and it's wonderful because she's coming back to her power and she's understanding the things that she's been pushing away and then she's starting to feel joy and bliss, things that she hasn't felt in such a long time. And then the emotional release training or the emotional release session just sort of shifts and she goes to this place where she begins to have this vision and she's talking all of a sudden like, oh my God, I see this tree. And then she's like, I see, I see two tribes and and in these two tribes, wow, I see, they're, they're, it, I feel like they're indigenous tribes in the rainforest. I go, wow, okay. And I'm, I'm just supporting her hearing this. And then it hits her and she goes, oh my God, I was part of the one tribe and, and you were part of the other tribe. I go, and in my head, I go, me? And she goes, no, oh my God. And she starts crying, bursting out into tears because she's having a memory of a past life. And for all of you who aren't aware of this, we have in our genes, right? Genetic material, genetic information that's been lasting lifetimes. All of your life, all of your lives, all of your genes, all of your heritage, all of your ancestry is in your DNA, right? This is actually how generational trauma is passed down from generation to generation. The genetic changes, right? The, the green lights and the red lights of what is being expressed and not expressed in your genes is activated and not activated based on genetics, right? Your family lineage. So for her, scientifically, I'm just seeing her genes being expressed. Something that was turned off became turned on and she had this memory. And I was so intrigued because I'm listening to it and she's like, oh my God, Christian, you, you were, you were part of this tribe. You were the leader of this tribe. And I was a leader of the other tribe. And we used to leave our tribes at night and, and, and go into the woods and start a fire and just laugh and, and talk for hours. We were best, best friends. And she goes, you, Christian, you taught me about being light and happy and, and, and jokey and just, just fun. And I taught you wisdom and I taught you strength and groundedness. And I was, I was really in awe hearing her have this because I can see it unfolding like a movie. And there came to the place where we needed to end the session. So I slowly started to bring her out of her body. And I can feel her really getting sad because she's like, I haven't seen you in so long. It's going to be the last time that I see you. I don't think I'm going to see you again, but I miss you. I love you. We were best friends. And it was, it was kind of emotional for her to come out of it, but she came out and we sat and she was still shedding her last tears and we were debriefing about the whole experience. And it was beautiful because when we were debriefing, she was telling me all these things. And then she goes, you know, it was crazy, Christian, like this indigenous person, it was like, I knew it was you. It kind of looked like you, but it wasn't. You know, you had this haircut and she's describing the haircut. And then she goes, yeah. And then, and automatically in me, my intuition went off and I go, whoa, she's going to say it. 
And when I said she's going to say it, she's going to say that I had red eye paint. And she goes, yeah, and then you had red eye paint over your eyes. And for me, my stomach dropped because how would she know? How would she know that this vision that had nothing to do with her two years before came to me or I saw it in dreams? And I walked out of the room because I was kind of like freaked out. I came back and I told her all about it. And she goes, yeah, you know, you this is something here. There's something there. And I've had so many pulls to go back to Ecuador, um, so many. And I've had people on Instagram saying, I, I, I can connect to spirits and your guides. They want you to go back to Ecuador. I've been, I've been told this, but I just didn't know where to go. So fast forward a few months after the emotional release this year, about two months ago, I'm doing a talk. And in this talk, I see this guy in the crowd, and I, I've seen him before. And I remember I, I helped him in the streets of Venice. He had a squirrel stuck in his hubcap, and we were trying to get the squirrel out. It was just a stranger to me at the time. And he came, and I haven't talked to him since. And we caught up, and he told me he's filming this Netflix series that's going all across the world to film uh, gurus for each country and bringing non-believers there. So I was so intrigued. And he goes, yeah, the first place I went is Ecuador. I go, oh, I'm Ecuador. And he goes, let me show you. It's going to be really cool. I go, oh, you have a trailer. And he opens his trailer. And before he opens it, I go, these people wouldn't happen to have red eye paint over their face. He goes, yeah, check it out. Press play. The first shot is the guy I came to know, Minari. And the first shot is his face with red eye paint. And my heart drops. And I, I go to the nearest person, or I go to, I go to my uh, partner at the time. I go, look, 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 red eye paint. And she goes, wow, look, it's your dreams. I know, wow. And I go to him, I go, hey, man, I got to go there. And he goes, well, lucky for you, my friend is holding a retreat there, and it's in a month. I go, in a month? I call her up. Next day, I tell her, I'm in. I don't care the cost. I don't care the time. I don't care what it is. I'm going. So I end up going. So I'm flying to Ecuador, and... I feel in me, you know, I'm taking a night, it's a night flight. The one, the, the best flight I found was a night one. And I, I'm going to sleep and on the flight, I feel in me something being activated. It's, it's a sort of like, because time doesn't exist. There's no past or future. Everything is happening now. Your birth and death is happening now. It already happened, which is sometimes hard to believe. But if we look at the illusion of time, more as if we're on the North Pole looking down at the equator versus us walking the equator, we, could, we would see that there is all one time versus us walking the equator where we only see future and look behind us and see past. So I can feel my body being activated going there and going there with this wonderful group of people, really down to earth, really looking to better themselves and give back to humanity. It's, it's a funny reflection of the people you attract in your life. And... The, within the night, within, you know, we stay in Quito, the, the city, the main capital, and then the next night, five in the morning, two in the morning, we're on this four-hour ride to the town before the jungle. And in that four-hour ride, I'm just like feeling the altitude, feeling kind of sick, feeling run down already because of the flight. I didn't sleep well. But I start becoming activated when we're getting ready to take the flight. And we are on, when I tell you I've never been on a plane like this, we are on a plane of like six people max, sort of those buzzy planes, you know? It's, it's like, you gotta really trust already. And we're on this plane and for the first time ever, I'm seeing the Amazon jungle. And this small plane is flying pretty low and I'm looking down and I see miles and miles and miles of lush forest. 
I've never felt something so alive. The earth so alive, the earth so vibrant, the earth so expressed. And we touch down and immediately we come down and we're met by this village of indigenous, right? The Sapara tribe. And I come in and I see like these people and you know, I've never seen children like this. The children there, you are so attracted to because they're so radiant. These children draw you in because they're free souls. They're not on iPads. They're not, they're not told that they can't. They are free to explore the world. They're in touch with nature. They're grounded. They're in touch with community. They're eating food from nature and you see it. You see it in their eyes. You see it in their energy. And that's the first thing I noticed. And I'm brought back and I'm brought in. The whole group is brought in and we go through this cleansing ceremony. And going through a cleansing ceremony for the first time for me, you know, I'm, if, if any of you out there has put Palo Santo over your body or sage over your body and felt a little difference, imagine that, but on steroids. I mean, I'm having tobacco blown on the back of my head and, you know, these, these very special Amazonian plant a, a branch with leaves smacked across my back and I'm feeling activated. I'm feeling like I'm already grounded. And then they come and they just put red eye paint over my eye. And to see myself on my own camera as that, as the vision that I saw three years ago, was one of the most incredible moments of my life because when you see that which you have seen in your mind's eye come to reality, you see how powerful the law of attraction is. You see how powerful destiny is. You see how powerful things are supposed to unfold. And for me, I have particularly been trying to come into contact with deep-seated anger. That is actually one of my intentions before doing ayahuasca out there. And I wanted to come into contact with anger. But Minari, the man that I saw in the video, the spiritual leader of the Sapara, huge political leader in Ecuador, comes up to me and he asked me in Spanish, and you know, thank God I speak Spanish because we, are, we had a beautiful bond. Um, he, he said, I'm gonna name you Rapaca. He goes, that's your Sapara name. I go, Rapaca. I go, what does this even mean? Um, and it means the heart of the earth. And I go, okay. And he goes, when it's healthy and vibrant, he goes, we can heal the whole world. But when it's angry, can cause destruction. And I was like, how the hell did this man just say anger? How does he know that this is my intention? And just going through the process of just having that exchange, my first exchange with this spiritual leader was beautiful. And then we go through into the Amazon. Right, right to the retreat area. And, I, and when I tell you, for all of you who've been on the Amazon River, God bless, because it is, it's, I can't even explain the energy of the Amazon River. We got into a boat and we went about maybe 15 minutes down the river and I'm looking around and I have never seen such lush, vibrant biodiversity. I've never seen butterflies so big. I've never seen so many. I've seen butterflies the size of my hand, about 30 of them just making circles like a tornado. I see monkeys jumping around. I see a toucan flying across the boat. I see the biggest spiders I've ever seen, but you feel it. And there's something to be said about this environment. And there's something to be said even deeper about the people of this environment. And this is where I bring it to you all. For me, the indigenous are something that we as human beings need to strive to be. It's funny how things happen, right? 
we as human beings look to move away from the indigenous and become tech technologically advanced, right? Advanced in our thinking, in our knowledge, in our books, right? In our concepts, in our studies, in our universities, in our diplomas, in our high-paying jobs. My God, how much we've strayed away and become so divergent from what it is to be healthy. And when I look at these people, truly look at these people, I see the healthiest people I've ever seen in my life. And I say that without any hesitation. What does health mean? For me, it's looking at these people living in the jungle. For one, being in community. I talk about community all the time, but being in true community, meeting together all the time, laughing together, cooking together, sharing. There is no, this is mine, this is yours, sharing. What does it mean to be healthy? These people are putting their feet on the ground every single morning, all day, and at night. They are so deeply connected to nature, like I've never seen. And this is what I'm gonna challenge all of you with. Ask yourself, what is your connection to nature, truly? Okay, you know, I go on hikes every day. Okay, but are you connected on your hikes? Because it's one thing to go on a hike every day. It's one thing to go out in your backyard and your lush greenery every day. But it's another thing to take the moment to truly connect to the things around you. And these people are connected like I've never believed a human being can be connected. The indigenous of Ecuador are not people in the jungle. They are outgrowths of the jungle in human form. They are so tuned into the rhythms and the spirit of everything. And this is a, this is a, a theme that came over and over. It's spirit. They see the world in spirit. They have such a spiritual connection to life. They know the spirit of the smallest plant and the largest tree. They know the spirit of the crocodile, of the jaguar, of the toucan, of the tarantula. They know the spirit of the ground, the wind, the water. They know the spirit of the minerals underground. They know the spirit of petroleum deep, deep, deep in the earth. Everything to, to them has a spirit and they can define it in words, they can tell you the character, and there's a deep connection. I mean, I've never experienced a human being that was able to predict the weather over and over. And Minari was able to predict what's gonna happen when it's gonna rain, why? Well, I'll give you an example. We all go two hours deep into the rainforest, and we're not on a trail, we're talking about bushwhacking, machetes going through deep into the rainforest, and we find this waterfall Actually, we were going towards a waterfall. And I jump in, and I feel the power of this waterfall. We all go in, we eat fruits, and then we leave the waterfall. And he goes, it's gonna rain. He goes, it's gonna rain soon because the Amazon, the water is talking to the sky, to the wind. And it needs to clear the scent of human beings. And I'm looking at the sky, I go, there is not one cloud. What is this man talking about? 15 minutes later, I've never seen a downpour like this. There is wind, there is rain, there is mud, and it's because they're so in tune to nature. They know, they know. When someone's sick, they dream about the plant. The plant communicates, hey, use me for this person's stomach ache. Use me for this person's wound. To know that nature is always trying to communicate with you, but we lost that sixth sense. We completely lost the sense of who we are 
and how we are and how deeply connected we are to nature. But guess what? We have that within us. So I'm going to challenge all of you. Go outside when you can. Go to the nearest tree and begin to trust your intuition. Go to the nearest tree and put your hand on it and close your eyes and tune into the tree. When I say tune in, really tune into the feeling of the tree. And if you can feel into that tree and feel into what it's trying to communicate, don't think you're crazy. Don't think the first thought, what did I just hear? What did I just feel? What did I just see? Right? Don't even ask yourself. Just trust that that's the tree trying to communicate with you and you communicating with the tree. You'll soon see that everything in nature is always, without fail, trying to communicate with you. We've turned down the volume. We've muted it. But we have that sixth sense. And why am I telling you this? Because the more connected you are to nature, the healthier you are as a human being, period. The more connected you are to your surroundings, to plants, to dirt, to the wind, to the water, to the minerals, right, to the animals, the more you are connected to what they're trying to tell you, the more you are connected to who you are. And the more you are connected to who you are, the healthier you are as a human being. This is living. Living is knowing that your spirit is inseparable from the spirit of everything that you see. That's living and that's your spiritual health. And these people in the Amazon display that and exemplify it like I've never believed a human being could. Cancer doesn't exist in these populations. There's no such thing as cancer. Disease doesn't exist in these populations. They die of old age and they die of accidents. That's it. So there's something to be said and learned about community, about the way we share, about our ego saying, this is mine, this is yours, about wanting to achieve and achieve and achieve and do and achieve more and buy and materialism versus just being, being who you are, being in the moment, trusting who you are, speaking with an open heart, heart-centric individuals, connecting back to nature, eating from the land. This is the beauty of what it is to be a human, and we forgot how to do that. So I'm here to remind you what it is to be a human. I'm here to remind you to trust in who you are. Surrender into the things around you. Get back into nature, but truly, don't just go on a hike with your friends and call it getting to nature. No, go to nature. Sit down in front of the four-leaf clover and literally tune into the clover. Put, put your dirt in your hands. Put your hands on the dirt and connect to the dirt. Right? If you're in the water, really feel what the water's trying to tell you. Because I promise you, if you listen, you're going to hear stuff. And that's beautiful. And that, my friends, is what Ecuador, is what the Amazon, is what these beautiful things have taught me. So with that said, that's my challenge to you. Get back in touch with who you are. Feel how beautiful nature is when you're connected to it. And then feel how your health starts improving. That's my knowledge bomb. Look, staying hydrated is the key to feeling your best. It is a te- it was my first post ever on Instagram about hydration and water. But, you know, all the concerns about tap water and quality of tap water, I, put, I did a lot of shows on it talking about you can even find what is the quality of your tap water. It's hard to know if what you're drinking is truly clean. And for me, it's so important, so, so important. This is one of the first interventions I tell people, the first investments. Get yourself a good quality water filter the most pure water without worrying about those contaminants. That's why I'm super excited to share with you AquaTrue. If you followed me, I've been talking about AquaTrue since 2018. 
I've had it since 2018, and I'm so happy they're a sponsor because it's something that I really have been using for the long term. AquaTrue purifiers, they use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, meaning they tackle all those harmful contaminants right head on. And what's the best part? There's no installation, no plumbing required. You plug it in and you're good to go. Almost half of the US tap water contains PFAS. These are forever chemicals, polyfluorinated chemicals that we get from the water, usually a byproduct of the industry, that goes into the clouds, it rains, and it gets all over our water system. It is one of the biggest concerns in environmental medicine right now. AquaChoose certified to remove these contaminants and many more to give you that peace of mind. Plus, their range of purifiers fits every single home from countertop options to under sink models. And don't forget, they also have a Wi-Fi connected purifier and mineral boost option. Check that one out. But really, one of the main reasons I love AquaChoose is because not only does it remove all of those really, really concerning chemicals, the ones that I talk about so much on the show, the ones that were found throughout so many water systems across the United States that cause so many diseases, including cancer, we have something that removes that. It's affordable and long-lasting, lasting up to six months to two years, these filters. And think about it, one set of filters makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents of a bottle. So if you're going out to the supermarket and buying those water bottles by the dozen, or by the 30 pack, not only are you putting a burden to the environment with the plastic, you're putting a burden to your body with the plastic and it's not even quality water. So since switching to AquaTrue, it's been the best of the best. Everyone in my family has one, all my friends have one. And the best part is AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee. So you can try it risk free. And for you, the Heal Thyself listener, you get 20% off of any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to AquaTrue.com, that's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code DRG at checkout. So if you're ready to upgrade your water game and enjoy pure, clean water straight from the tap, don't wait. Go to aquatrue.com and use the code DRG for 20% off. You know, when it comes to overall health, the little daily habits can make a huge difference. Take flossing, for example. Seems like such a minor thing, right? But taking good care of your teeth and gums does way more than just prevent cavities and bad breath. Emerging research shows that it can actually support whole body health, and may even prevent cognitive decline as you age. That's wild, right? That's why I'm really excited to tell you about this awesome company called Slate and their game-changing three-in-one electric flosser. It's the only product out there that flosses your teeth, massages your gums, and even scrapes your tongue to remove bacteria to promote fresher breath. I've been using the Slate Flosser for about a month now, and I'm hooked. Unlike regular floss picks that you have to jam into your mouth, this electric flosser does all the work for you with 12,000 sonic vibrations per minute, really cleaning out them gums. The innovative gum sweeps give your gums a gentle massage to increase circulation too. And let's not forget the built-in tongue scraper to help zap bad breath at the source. So to start one of the easiest and healthiest daily habits with the Slate Electric Flosser, Go to slateflosser.com and use the code DRG to get 10% off of your very own flosser. That's 10% off of your easy-to-use Slate Electric Flosser at slateflosser.com slash DRG, S-L-A-T-E-F-L-O-S-S-E-R.com, and the code is DRG. All right, everyone, check it out. Special guest. I've been waiting to have my friend Nikki on. Now, look. When I sit down on a toilet, I got this amazing tushy thing that is real. And it's not just me. It's the whole damn studio that's got it. It's so funny, the synchronicity behind it. But when it comes to entrepreneurship, Mickey has really embodied what it is to be a woman in her entrepreneurial power and balancing that with the feminine, what it means to be a woman in this world, right? Showing up in that femininity. We're going to talk more about that. But Mickey is a founder of Tushy, if you heard about it. I know you heard about Thanks. Wild gluten-free pizza. You know I love gluten-free food and I love pizza. 
It's the little boy in me. <laughs> yeah. Author of Disruptor and Do Cool Shit. Amazing. I can't wait to jump into this combo. So without further ado, Mickey. I mean, one take wonder <laughs> over here. <laughs> I love being on camera. <laughs> this is good. You're good at it. Good. Well, thank you for joining the show. Of course. Thanks for having me. I love that we have friends in common. We're already homies. I know. Like, we're already homies. By proxy. Look, I want to talk all about the products that we just talked about, all your, your creations, your inventions. We're yeah. going to talk about it. But off air, you said something really interesting to me that has been, I've been seeing it a lot in people around me. Mm. And it is the power of unity in the feminine. Mm-hmm. How important is it for a woman to connect with her fellow feminine females around her? I mean, I think, great question. And I, I think it starts with connecting with our own feminine. Because I think we, you know, as women, especially in entrepreneurship, it's really easy to just say like, all right, I'm just gonna put my pantsuit on and just like be the whole man at the table, like elbow my way in and sit at the table and, and, and claw my way there. And oftentimes looking at other women as competition and seeing men as potentially threatening as well. And so we kind of fall out of balance with our own feminine. And I think what our, the, the feminine energy automatically, if we are tapped into that, automatically we are, you know, nurturers, we are mothers, we are connectors, we are lovers. I mean, that is all of our feminine sides, both for men and women. And so the idea that, um, you know, women in business today or women in the workforce, it's only been one generation. My mother was a stay-at-home mom, you know, and and now, like, all the women I know are dope, badass, women in business, you know, and... um, and it does create a bit of an imbalance um, in our in, in myself for me, and so I think like the my storyline has been like how do I um, re rebalance myself first, where my masculine feminine are in alignment, and for me like how do I find my feminine? It's by being intimate with my partner, by slowing down, by softening, by doing more feminine things, you know, just which which could include, I mean, I get four hours of body work every week, you know, plus 90 minutes of acupuncture. Mm. You know, I, I do a lot of things to just soften and slow myself, including my body, down. Um, and then from that place, we can show up with other women as like, ugh, like we're co- co-creators, we're collaborators, we're, we're friends, let's hold hands. And I think that collaborative nature comes when we find that within ourselves first, mm. you know. Starting from within, expressing outside. Yeah, always, right? What the paradigm of the world, though, is execute, plan, prioritize, and then you're rewarded in the workplace for all of these things. With money. With money, <laughs> right. right? As like the sport prize, right? The sport prize. Yeah. So it, how, I mean, it seems like that odds are stacked just by the way that it's designed in the United States, especially the Mm. system for a woman to be in her feminine. I find that, and I do a lot of emotional release work. One of the hardest things that I've seen in women is one, getting in touch with her voice, Mm. but two, compensating, overcompensating with the masculine, right? And not being too afraid to step into that femininity and softening. Yeah. How often do you see this? I mean, I catch myself in my masculine all the time. And, and, and it's so interesting because every time I, I'm like, Mickey, like, like, let your feminine lead. And from that place, resolutions happen faster. 
both in company, both in my marriage, both in my friends, both in all the different categories in my life. And I always clock that. I'm like, wow. Like, if I'm not just like, rawr, 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 and if just, I'm just like, hey, like, let's hold hands and let's just talk it through. Like, we're, we're not, we're, we're here to like, I'm here to listen. I'm here to collaborate. Like, that's it. From that place, like, all, every, 100% of the time, I, we have an incredible, like, outcome. You know, so it's sort of like, why is our knee jerk to be kind of tough masculine? Because the culture demands that. And because otherwise we don't get respect. You know, when I think about building my company Thinks, selling my company to Kimberly Clark, and then building my next company Tushy, you know, a lot of investors for Tushy were like, oh, you got lucky. You must have gotten lucky with, with things. Like, mm-hmm. pff, period underwear, weird. You know, now bidets at squirt water. What the fuck is that, you know? <laughs> and it just sort of, like, there's a lot of, you know, just, like, I have to not prove myself again. Right. I have to get back out there, lift my sleeves up, and sit back at the table and fucking meet you where you are, man, and 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 show you why I'm worthy of this money energy, you know? And... Um, I, what I've learned is I don't have to do it that way anymore. And right now, like, I'm also not gonna, I'm not gonna be part of the complaint culture either because I don't like male bashing, you know, either because I, A, have a son, B, I love men, and C, like, I truly do love men and, and women. I love everybody. Yeah. And I don't want it to be that. This is just the nature of the world that we live in. Like, yeah. you know, we men have not been taught how to have women participate in business without, you know, acting a certain way. And it's like, it's like kind of women in the army. It's like, uh, like, let me try to tie my shoe because you're here. You know, like, right. there's this energy that's just a little awkward initially. And it just will take a minute for there to be some getting used to. And I think, like, we all put ourselves in different boxes, like binary. Like, you are this, you are yeah. that. You are not this. We're all complex beings. And um, and if we're treated as such, then, then I think everyone will just get along better. 100%. Yeah. But I mean, but this is what the human mind loves to do, concepts. Yeah. Right? We love to identify. Well, what is the what does this mean to me? Who is this person to me because right. then I got to know myself better. Right. right? And, and and it's like an, and and then this is like I get to now again label them, put them in an object which makes me feel safer. It's like, oh, this person's a this. Oh, this person's a that. Oh, that guy's a jerk. Right. And once I have like, to figure it out. Just once you just figure it out and I think you know, it's like the whole idea is like, how can we be like water where we're just like that? And I'm still learning that so deeply of how to just go with the flow. And ultimately going with the flow is the best way to do life than to like fucking elbow our way through the shit. And it's like, so how do I be, how do I be water in this culture as an entrepreneur, as a female founder, as a woman of color, which I, again, I don't ever use that as a trump card ever, by the way. Um, Although you know there there are imbalances, but I, I don't I don't use that because for me I'm like we're all we're all human beings, um, but I play ball with where we're at today in culture. So how do I do that? I brought in a CEO who's a white male, mm-hmm. you know, for my current company and my next one as well. But guess who controls the whole company? Me, right. you know. So guess guess what? I've I've now you know in, in selling my company, I get to now take that money and invest in women. You know, so I've now, like, of my portfolio, I've invested 95% in at least one female-led company, like, like one of two, you know, either female-led or has at least one female founder. And so we can change the paradigm without having to, like, fucking sit on, stand on our pulpit and shout from the rooftop how unfair life is. It's like, no, let's play ball. Let's play in the constructs that we're dealt in, dealt with, and let's just 
be smarter, you know? And so that people might be like, oh, that's so like, you know, that feels so like you're, you're selling out by bringing in these partners who are white men. It's like, no, I'm still in the room. I just get to play ball and work less hard and get the job done. And I'm still actually, you know, building my company, which is what my goal is anyways. Mm -hmm. So this ego game doesn't make, I don't care about that. Mm. Like I care about the outcome ultimately. So, so in, in many ways, a blueprint of how to step into this paradigm that we live in uh, work within it, and then from that place, start your own paradigm, right? Because yes. you're in, you're, so yes. I heard you investing, yes. right? Trying to change that paradigm of female-led, right? Empowered women who are changing the face of whatever right. field they're in. But again, like, this was done in a way that was, like, smoother versus, like, going to the march and, like, shouting about, you know, this or right. that. It's like, that's not, it's actually doing exactly that which we're fighting against. For sure. Oppression. For sure. Like, it's like, like, like I would talk about that in my book, Disruptor. It's like, you know, the future is female. I'm like, you're literally oppressing men, the thing that you want to, don't want to do. The future is collaboration. Like, that's the future. And the faster we learn that, the, the better, mm -hmm. you know? It's funny that you talk about marches. I always said... I, I, I never go to marches because yeah. the for me the energy is so anti. Right. I'm like, well, well, let's be, what? Let's do the let's think of the opposite of that. What's the pro? Right. Let's go to let's let's march for a pro. Yes. Right. Um, and and that's what I'm hearing. Pro collaboration. Yeah. Pro human beings working together. Because you're right. A lot of men really don't know how to work with women in different sort of sectors. Right. Especially in business. It's new. It's new. Right. It's new, but it's beautiful to see female-led industries where I'm just like, oh yeah, fuck yeah, this is, this is really powerful. Yeah. Um, I was just in Ecuador and uh, I did ayahuasca for my first time ever. Mm, it's right? great. It's beautiful, yeah. like, and especially when you're in the middle of the jungle. How was it for you? Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, and, and actually one thing that came up that you said was uh, pushing your will versus surrender. And the thing for me is like, okay, as a man, I'll, I'll see what I want to do. And then I'm like, how do I push it to be the way that I expect it to be to yeah. get to that goal without understanding like, oh, I have feminine within myself where I can stop, be in flow and go, whoa, like I did not expect that to come out of left field and that's actually a shortcut. Mm. But instead, I don't look at the shortcuts and stay in my masculine and push and prioritize and execute and execute and more. This is the way we have to do it. It's fucking exhausting. Right. It's really exhausting when instead of just being like, let me trust trust in myself, trust in processes, trust in the universe. It's all taken care of. You're fine. Yes. You want something, it's unfolding already. A hundred. That's I did this ceremony yesterday with my friend Liz, mm. with Liz Lashford. Yeah. We did this like full-on just healing ceremony and what just kept coming through me, through me was, oh, the joy and the pain. Like feel the joy. Like there's so much joy in and trust. Like trust the unfolding of like literally everything in life and that the pain is actually a joyful experience because what happens in the end, like, is I get to experience these feelings before I die. I get to experience the depths of, you know, sadness, pain, anger, what a frustration, despair, whatever the feelings may be. Yeah. Like, there's so much joy in that when you think about that from a, like, looking at yourself from, from like, from, like, like, as a fly on the wall, you're like, wow. Like, there's, there's my, one of my favorite um, quotes is, like, you know, by um, uh, 
it's not words worth. But, you know, he says, like, life should not be, you know, um, like, like he says, I want to skid to death's door sideways, not in a well-preserved body, thoroughly used up, loudly proclaiming, right. wow, what a ride. You know, and it's like that. It's like, I want to skid to death's door sideways. Like, I want to just, like, be banged up. I don't want to be, like, pristine in my little box and my white picket fence with my minivan and my two kids and, like, mm-hmm. the suburb of whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? Like, I want to, like, suck the marrow out of life. Like, every juicy piece of it. And, like, what does that, what does that look like? And how does that make, how does, like, what, if, if that's my aim, which is to experience every juicy, like, of life, nectar of life, okay, like, I'm going to experience pain. I'm going to experience sadness. I'm going to experience despair. I'm going to, like, take myself out of a situation that might seem amazing, like, like now, you know, and, like, and, and, and br- shake it all up. And then, but when I, when I, when I, when I end up where I end up, I would have experienced all these deeper feelings, which is so poignant, so powerful, so poetic. And I get to now relate to others even deeper who've experienced despair, sadness, pain, upset as well. Mm -hmm. Because before, if you're like in your safe box, you can't really relate to people. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you feel all those things, you can now relate to people as well who feel those things too. But for me, that's love. Yeah. Love, the container that holds the sadness, despair, the shame, the guilt, plus the bliss, the ecstasy, the love, the joy, Mm -hmm. the gratitude. Mm -hmm. It is, you know, allowing in what society deems as negative and you. Yeah. And bringing it in and go, wait, no, wait, that's me too. Yeah. Those are parts of me too. Wait, oh, like Tasmanian devil version of me? That's me. Oh, totally. Like, I I remember it just came to me. I did this 5-MEO DMT ceremony, like, a couple years ago, and I couldn't... Um, like one of the things is let go and let God, like, and just like, just like basically like die. And then you come back, you rebirth, you die and rebirth. But I had just had hero. So it was like about almost three years ago now. So I had just had hero, my son. And, um, and he was like two and change. And I was just like, I couldn't die. So I resisted and I resisted. And then I, after that experience, I didn't sleep. I slept one to two hours for eight months. Wow. The DMT, like, was, I kept having these reactivations over the course of eight months. And I was like, oh, my God, what if I never sleep again? Like, you know, it's, like, the most terrifying. And then finally one night I was just like, fuck it. And I just was, like, sitting there, like, laying there. And I closed my eyes. And once again, I had this reactivation. And I remember I was like, all right. And it was fear. Like, I was, it was a fear of dying. Yeah. And it was a fear of fear itself, like, as an entrepreneur, we're not allowed to fear very much. No fear. Like, step, you know, get not, nowhere over under, it's through. Like, you know, fear, fear, fearless, you know. And, um, and you know, I, I remember I was just laying there and I was like, fuck, fear, just take me. Just take me and just, just, like, if it kills me, take me. I can't do this anymore. Just take me. Yeah. And I remember I became like this tree and I started like going like this and just like, you know, like, like going like that, like a, like, like it was like straight, like, like, like I became a tree in a forest and, and, and basically like, um, and all of a sudden, like the fear, I, I remember feeling the fear from like the fingertips of my, like the tips of my fingers, the tips of my toes, top of my head. And I just let it overcome me. And then just like any storm, it just passed. Like when I finally let it in, it just came and then it left. And I was like, oh my God, it's like the weather. 
everything just comes and goes constantly, like over and over and over and over again, never endingly. And it's like, we just have to wait it and allow for all those feelings to come through, whether it's fear, whether it's like the, like hope, sadness, any, mm-hmm. any feeling, let it in fully. Like that's, cause I wasn't letting in certain feelings until that experience came through. And after that, I like, imbi- it was like a somatic healing experience because I was just like, oh, that's it. Yeah. I'll just like, feelings are visitors. They come, they do their thing, then they go. Yeah. And they come again, different visitor comes in and then and it goes. And it's just like, wow, okay, cool. That's not that scary. Actually, it's not that scary in the right. end. Right, it's not and so, that scary. And then it turns out that nothing is scary. Yeah. When you when you reframe it, like when I when I reframed it where I'm like, oh, like any emotion's not scary. Any experience is not scary. Like I had gone through something really scary, you know, in my last company, and now like you know, I'm 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 going through a pretty in, in, intense like personal. And we talked about like I'm in this trial separation experience with my husband, and I'm just like in like as hard and like sad and and ugh, like I love him so much. Experience that it is, it's like, oh, like let me drink in the juice of these emotions because it's so new and different, and I'm like. I'm just like reveling in all like the spectrum of the emotion that comes through. That's a radical way to think, right? Because a lot of us go, no, these negative emotions, I am going to resist immediately. Yeah, or bypass, like, oh, Hawkeye, come over here. Right. Um, You know, whatever. Anything else. Yeah. And what I notice is one of the keys to the somatic release and that I've been doing with people is the witnessing and allowing in of resistance. We have these protective mechanisms that block us from getting deeper to those unlovable emotions. And... When those protectors come in, we resist it immediately because it's getting way too close of a proximity. But the allowance and and just the witnessing that they're there Mm -hmm. and then going, no, I I allow them to be here. I allow in resistance. Some of the most powerful healings I've seen is when we breathe in and permeate resistance all over the body and they're so tight and tense. And then they're like, I don't like this. And then they go, I don't like this anymore. And then the resistance starts moving and fading. Yeah. How do you, for someone who goes, I want to drink the nectar of life, and I've just lost my job. How mm. the heck do you drink the nectar of all of those emotions that start tornadoing up, like fear of paying the bills? Will I get another job? How am I going to support my family? How do you drink that nectar? It's so you trust. You're like, I mean, I, 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 when I went through, again, like series of crazy experiences in my, in my life as an entrepreneur, it's like, oh shit, like, is, like, is this what my life's going to look like? Or is this what's, and you're just like, no, like, it's kind of like what what's you know the Steve Jobs thing. It's like you can't you you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can you can connect them looking backwards, mm-hmm. right? So it's like when something shitty happens, it naturally opens up a new door for a new possibility and new opportunities to enter. So when one door closes, I always believe a better one opens. A better one for me opens, mm. and so it's it trusting that it's trusting that oh god I lost my job whatever. It's just it's if it's we you can't fake the trust. You have to just trust and surrender to the universe, actually, and it sounds like hokey, but actually if there is a trust of like, oh, this happened because something better for me is right around the corner, I just have to trust that it's coming. Mm. And I'm gonna do all the things, I'm not gonna sit here and watch Couch Potato and just like, whatever, I'm gonna make the calls, I'm gonna do the things, I'm gonna reach out, I'm gonna, you know, like volunteer places, I'm just gonna figure, I'm gonna continue to make progress towards the thing I want to be doing 
and trust that one of those things are going to pan into something way better than you imagined. Mm. It you is. A, there's a benevolence. It's it's here for you. Yes. It's funny when it's always happening for you, not to you. For yes. you, and it's but it's yes. so true. You know, it's funny when I was in the ayahuasca ceremony. You know, like for me, I don't get many visualizations. I get a lot of auditory, like, Ooh. wow, I'm going to hear this for the next eight hours. Uh-huh. And one of the things that I heard for like three hours, it must have been straight, is it's all taken care of. Relax. It's fine. Mm. It's all taken care of. Mm-hmm. Relax. It's fine. Yeah. I go, I can relax. Yeah. You know? And and to hear that, it's like, it is. Mm-hmm. It is. Even when it's the it, everything in your material, physical life says the opposite, right. it is still all taken care totally. of. And that's the one thing that I love you said is trust. You have to trust. You can't fake it. Yeah. Your body and your subconscious, your mind, the yeah. universe knows when you're like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna trust. I'm gonna it's fine. Everything's shit. fine. Yeah. But really surrendering into yeah. that trust. Yeah, and and I, you know, I can own that I have not fully surrendered in different parts of my life, including in relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's been hard as an entrepreneur, like to release control in certain areas, as far as like, you know, just like, oh, if I fully surrender to this person, I'm going to be okay. You know, and it's like. There's, and that person wants that trust so much, you know, a trust fall. Like, I can just trust fall into your arms and right. you're going to know that you're going to land safely. And, you know, that's that's my work and that's my journey to really, like, find that deep, like, trust in the, like, full trust in relationship and, and all of that. So. I talk a lot with the clients is, um, in your relationships, what is the dynamic of masculine and feminine? And I often find the woman who has a mother wound has a resentment towards her femininity and overcompensation of masculine. Mm. And the son who has a father wound, vice versa. What about a mother? A woman has a, mother, a father wound? The, the opposite. So they are more in their feminine and resentment of any masculinity. So mm. hyperfeminization. Mm. So it's sort of, it's sort of it, generally speaking, is, is like yeah. that. But then what I found is oftentimes the people... Like, say the woman is in a hypermasculine, will attract the hyperfeminine man, right? Mm. And, and now right. it's an opportunity to help balance yourselves yeah. together. Yeah. So that's like me and my partner. Hypermasculine, when I met her, I was hyperfeminine. Mm. I was like, it'll all flow, it's fine. Yeah. You know? And like, great, things were happening, but like, I could still, you yeah. know, plan yeah, better, sure. organize better. Yeah. But, um, and that's because of a wound in the family. Mm. So now there's these challenges, right? It's mm. like, no, trust me, I'm going to do this. And then it's like, the way the analogy is like, I'm drive, we're driving, and here's the masculinity wheel and the masculinity car, and she grabs the wheel immediately. And she's like, I don't trust you. You ain't gonna do this. Yeah. And in the moment we have an argument, and I'm like, I got this, she lets go, and then I start, I start driving it and getting used to it and feeling into my masculinity. It's like, I don't, I don't trust you, we're gonna go the right, right. way. And that's a dynamic that I see a lot of. Yeah. It's not just in our relationship. It's funny because I talk to people who are exact mirrors. I'm like, you have to give the man the space to feel comfortable in his masculinity. 100%. So I, I, you can go, okay, I trust yeah. that he's going to do the dishes, that he's going to take out the recycle, that he's going to plan this vacation. And even if it doesn't go right, I still trust that it's supposed to go that way. Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think again, because... We've had to fight so hard to have a seat at the table in some ways or believe that we had to do it that way in this condition, patriarchal condition system that we live in, right? That when we're back at the home, it's really hard to like rebalance the other way. Right. And you're rebalancing this way and you're rebalancing that way. And you're like, I find it, 
I've been finding it difficult for myself. Like, I think like what I've learned, just like men need transition time, women need transition time too. Mm -hmm. Like there's transition time, like when you're going from work to home. Right. Like we oftentimes, like women oftentimes don't give men transition time. Like, like what happened? How to go? And you're just like, ah, you know? Right. And, and same thing, the op for me, like as a woman in business, you know, um, like I'm in my masculine, right? In business, because like balance, but masculine for me just means doing, getting shit done, like, right? It's not like talking like a man and behaving like a man. It's just like getting tasks done and just yeah. like being very like productive, right? So when I'm switching back to relationship, I don't feel like there's a lot of transition time. And so like what I think would be really helpful for me um, in relationship is giving myself transition time, maybe that's going to do a yoga class between working and, you know, maybe it's going in and just playing with my son, mm. you know, when I come home, like, or giving myself a bath, just like some personal transition time or a way to get, get back into my feminine so that when I'm back with my partner, I'm not still in my masculine and still right. barking orders or like doing, do, do this, do that, do this, do that. It's more like we've landed. Right. For know? me to get back in relationship mode versus work mode, I had to turn off for about 40 minutes. Right. Off. Like brain dead off. Like I'm, I'm watching something yeah. or I'm just walking in nature but not thinking about anything. Just off mode. Yeah. Um, but then I go, okay, now I can. So the can transition I, time actually yeah. is really, really important. important. I know. And that's something that I, uh, I certainly didn't create space for myself, um, nor for my partner. You know, an expectation of like, all right, we're going to this thing, let's go, you know? And there's like, whoa, it's jarring, you know? Right, so right. Um, I can acknowledge, you know, those challenges both, it, again, being a woman in business and being a woman as a, as like, it's men, like what I've learned from, you know, doing this, this, this course is that, is that um, men don't want like women to treat them like, business, like their business. You know what I mean? It's like telling them, you know, it's like, the, it's, a, it's, a, it's that polarity thing that, 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 that they want. You mm -hmm. know, it's like, how do you maintain that polarity of masculine, feminine? And men want to, like, you know, show up and, and right. be, be powerful for the right. woman and, and be the knight in shining armor. And, and if a woman's got everything, it's like, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. They're like, well, I guess I'm just going to sit here with my dick in my hand. Right, they close up, down. exactly. Yeah. You know, and so it's like, there's nothing... It's, it's actually disempowering, right? right? And so I'm just, like, in this, like, deep, like, recognition of, like, where, you know, not, not blaming myself, not shaming myself, but just being like, oh, I didn't know. I didn't know. Like, in reading this, like, in doing this course, you know, Alistair Armstrong's course, Understanding Men, it's, like, a really, like, you know, at first I'm like, I understand men. You know what I was saying? And it's just sort of like, no, like, there are people who study behavioral, like, you know, the behaviors of men, behaviors of women. There's, she also does a course called Understanding Women, which I think all men all should men probably should. read, to, should do the course. Because it's, we don't really, unless we do courses, we don't really understand. Like, what, what, what she says is women expect men to behave like the ideal woman, right? And, um, and, and men expect, hold themselves to be like, like they compare themselves to a better man. Like, oh, a better man would do this, a better man would do that, a better man. For, for women, it's like, oh, this man, like, she, there she's comparing him to the ideal woman. Ah, you know, so it's a very interesting thing. Cause the ideal woman would be like, they're petting my hair right. and talking to me and but rubbing my feet right. and being here really there for me. The ideal woman would be like, just attentive, present, there, like, 
in step with my emotions, knows exactly what I need, when I need it. You know, that's like the perfect ideal woman to another woman, right? And we want our men to be that way. You know, show up for me that way. And it's a very difficult task and demand to do. And I'm like, oh, I'm guilty as charged. You know, like I definitely want, you know, I've been wanting my my man to do that with me, you know, in the same way, like vice versa. Like, and I'm sure he has expectations of me, you know, that he'll learn from understanding women. It's like, oh, women just want to be caressed, you know, like, and, and just, just held a lot, you know, and I, and that, that's true for me. Like I, I, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not speaking for all women, but this woman has done 22 years of deep, 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 deep research on men and women and behaviorals and relationship. And in that context, like it's, it's a really powerful learning. Yeah. It's funny that you say, well, woman wants that like space and support and love and touch the hair. And it's funny you said men compare themselves to a better man. I'm like, a better man would give a better solution. I'm like, what are six solutions I exactly. can give her right now? Like sometimes women like, don't I want... don't want to hear that. Just pet my hair. Yes, just hold me and feed me grapes and massage my feet. Right. And like kiss right. me, eye gaze me, you know, All of me. that. Yeah. The like, intimacy. Yeah. Just be there for me. Just mm. listen and just hold me. Wow. And men want to like be productive and like solve solution. It's just a different mentality. So women are like, ugh, like why can't you just be like the ideal woman? You know, and so it's just a really interesting dynamic that I'm learning more about. One of the biggest lessons for me this year in holding space was in those moments when there's something that is uncomfortable going on or situation happening. uh, Because I'm so solutions oriented, I was like, oh, of course, obviously, here's what I see. Yeah. Just shutting up and being like, oh, tell let's let me hear. Oh, that must feel like, you know, that must feel terrible. Yeah, and also, like, don't you find yourself, like, when you go back home to your parents' house, you, like, regress back to being, like, 12, and you're just like, fuck, all this... And your parents are like, oh, all this self-development work you've done. <laughs> like, what I, like pull, can't tell. And you're right. just like, you know, use my tools, use my tool, and pull out all my tools right now, because fuck, you know? And yeah. so, like, we regress. And so I think, like, also in long-term relationships, it's very difficult to really change and transform... Um, because you kind of regress back to, like, the beginning of your relationship. Do you know For what I mean? Sure. So it's very difficult unless you take a really serious break, which is why I think this three-month trial separation has been really mm. important to us. And, like, who knows what the configuration will end up being, but this transition time and this, like, three months, like, it's, a, it's quite a bit of time to really unpack. I'm doing this course. I'm doing a bunch of different things and, like, really writing down what my deepest needs are, my deepest desires are, like, what went wrong and where I felt like hurt, you know, in the relationship and it just like the unpacking of it, I think is really healthy. You know, I think it's really healthy to do. Now let's chat about something crucial that is omega-3s. You know, I'm all about keeping clean and pure when it comes to products as well as food on my plate. But when it comes to supplements, right, we have to make sure we have the best of the best, but especially when it comes to omega-3s. And and I really mean it. Omega-3s are some of the most adulterated supplements that exist out there. And a lot of companies aren't doing it right. We need omega-3s for our heart, for our brain, for our eye health. You might not be getting enough nutritionally. When it comes to Peori, it's a quality brand, not only just with omegas across their whole line. They're extremely transparent. Every batch undergoes rigorous testing against over 200 contaminants, and you could check the results for yourself. And that's one of my favorite things. You can scan the QR code and look at the batch that is right in front of you that is on your shelf or on your counter, and you can see the results for this quality testing. 
Puree's O3 Ultra Pure Fish Oil delivers a potent dose of EPA and DHA without any unnecessary extras. Now, Puree is offering 20% off of their O3 Ultra Pure Fish Oil, the one that I take every single morning, and all their fantastic products to you, the Heal Thyself listener. That's 20% off even the already discounted subscription price. I want you to go to Puree.com. Use my promo code DRG. That's P-U-O-R-I.com slash DRG to take care of your health with some of the best omegas out there by Puree. These days, these days, it seems like everyone is carrying on a beverage, whether it's soda or flavored water or kombucha or coffee or tea. But not all beverages are created equal when it comes to quality and health benefits. That is why I become obsessed with Peaks Sun Goddess Matcha. I've been using this for, it's one of the first supplements I really invested in. It's four years ago, probably. And it's not just any old matcha powder. We're talking organic ceremonial grade matcha tea that has been meticulously screened for pesticides, heavy metals, mold, and even radioactive isotopes. Peak takes no shortcuts. Their matcha is cultivated by ninth degree tea masters in Kagoshima, Japan, using century old traditions. Their plants are shaded for 35% longer than usual to maximize the production of vital compounds like L-theanine for calm, steady energy and chlorophyll for its detoxifying anti-aging properties. I start every morning with a frothy cup of sun goddess matcha, not just for energizing my body, you know, we all want to get that caffeine kick, yeah, okay, but for the amazing gut health, metabolism boosting, and antioxidant benefits. The phytonutrients nurture my digestive system, the EGCG compounds help my body burn calories efficiently, and the chlorophyll gives my skin the awesome reading. You see I'm glowing right now, right? That's because of the matcha. There's perfectly proportioned packets that are easy to mix with water whenever I need to pick me up, so easy to make a consistent self-care ritual. Peak is offering you, the Heal Thyself listener, 15% off of their sun goddess matcha, plus a free beaker and a rechargeable frother when you go to peaklife.com slash DRG. They're so confident that you're going to love it. There's even a 30-day money-back guarantee. No code at checkout. Just go to P-I-Q-U-E-L-I-F-E.com slash DRG. You're going to get 15% off plus all those freebies. How important is it to take space? Because it, there's a lot of people you were for 11 years. Uh, there's some people for 11 months. How important is it to, to take space, especially when you're living with each other, to see this? I think it's really important. In fact, like a couple of my friends, and I've now adopted it, um, we share, we, we kind of have our own rooms, like even our own bedrooms. Like, Andrew, I mean, we share, we share a room, but like, you know, I love sleeping alone. I love being in my own energy, in my own space. I can lounge out, I can do my own thing, and we can come together in intimacy and create that polarity that we miss each other when we so when we do sleep together, it's like this sexy, sensual, intimate. We like it's not taking each other for granted. You know, kings and queens used to sleep separate quarters. Like people just sleep separate quarters and they would come together for intimate things, you know? Yeah. And so um I like the idea of space. I like the idea, but I but I love daily intimacy though. Like I want what what I'm like what my next like what I like my next orientation is 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 sort of like intimacy as your natural orientation. You know, it's like it just like you know, you're just naturally like when you see like you're just not your hands are on the person's lap or you just want to hold right. it. You're just naturally that way. Right. Like that's how I am. I was I'm an identical twin. And so I was born in the womb like this, <laughs> you know, with someone. Right. And so like my natural orientation is to be like this with somebody. And like that's just my my happy place. Yeah. You know, and so it's sort of like as a result, like I want, like you know, my desire for this next chapter is for a deeper, intimate orientation, um, where it's not, where it doesn't, it's not necessarily work to have to be intimate. Mm -hmm. It's just your natural orientation. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Do are people just inherently different at expressing their intimacy? Yes. So then, are there people who are just not 
good matches. That's it. So it's so oftentimes it's compatibility. Oftentimes, like in one chapter of relationship, it works because you're both busy, you're both doing shit, you're both building, you're both in in community. So your community actually does a lot of the things that you need, right? So you don't need a lot from your partner. You know, for example, in my relationship, right? Like we were in New York for for a decade together, and we were incredible. We are incredible in community. We are incredible in peak life experiences. My husband and I. You know, we then moved to Austin, Texas, and we moved to, you know, Lake Travis in the middle of nowhere, just the two of us with our beautiful boy. And I lean on him a lot more for intimacy connection, daily right. intimacy. And it just, it just, it was a lot for him to kind of shift from, you know, like my community, hold, like being able to like give that to me, to him having to give that to me every day, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think it just created a dynamic of just natural separation because we were not in sync. And so, um, you know, and, 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 and his natural orientation isn't intimacy. His natural orientation is independence. I see. You know what I mean? And my natural, my natural kind of way is intimacy. So how do you, you know, come together, not make each other wrong, where it's like, I honor your independence, you honor my depth of intimacy, and how do we tessellate and kind of find a way where we can both, our, both of our needs be met, but like you know, considering one another's deepest desires, mm-hmm. right? So it's like we're still in that process. And in the end, like at the end of these three months, we're going to figure out, like, is our orientation enough to stay together? Can we tessellate enough where we both can be happy, which would need a deep mindset shift on both sides? Like my perspective will have to change and, and say, like, hey, I'm cool with just like once a week date night, and that's enough for me because that's what he can offer me. Or he can say, okay, Mickey, like, needs more. Let me, let me offer her two nights a week instead of one, you know, as an, as an opportunity to, like, connect more with her so we can tessellate. Because she wants every day to hang out with her family and to have family dinner and to do the thing and to really be a tight unit. That's not going to... That, that, de- that depletes me for him, right? Mm. So maybe, maybe, you know, or maybe, like, a little bit a day is enough for him to feel full. But, like, I need more. So we'd have to, it's like, to be in relationship, there needs to be compromise too, yeah. right? But compromise enough where both parties don't feel like they're now losing their happiness as a result of the other. Mm-hmm. So my question to myself is, can I tessellate enough with him where, where I will still be really happy? Can I change my perspective to, make, to still be happy for him too? Can he tessellate with me and, and, and add another night of intimacy or whatever like, or maybe that's too much for him. And yeah. then he might say, like, I can't do that. Mm. You know, so, and then at which point we'll have to make a decision, you know? So we're just in that inquiry right now. And, and I guess it's a level of knowing yourself. How much do you need? Yeah. A lot of us just lose ourselves in relationship. Right. And we go, oh, you know, let's say my partner doesn't need any intimacy, therefore I guess I don't. don't, Right. But then you're self-abandoning. Yeah. And then you resent them and it comes out sideways in the other ways, which was happened in our relationship. Mm. I felt felt like I was abandoning myself in my need, my deepest need for intimacy and connection. It's not sex. We have great sex. It's just more, it's it's a daily just orientation towards intimacy. It's the eye gazing. It's the slowness. It's the hand holding. It's the, ki- the kissing. Cuddling. It's the hugging. It's the cuddling. It's I the see. playing with the hair. It's the, it's the, just the, just an orientation. Right. Um, and, um, so it, it's, yeah. Yeah. I, I forgot where I was going with that, but, but it's just, it, it's knowing yourself and not being. Yeah. Resentful. Yeah. Yeah. So, so right. So, so it's like, Oh, 
in self-honoring, in honoring my deepest needs. Like if I'm truly not abandoning any bit of my deepest need, can I like still shift my perspective enough where my deepest need feels satiated, but I don't need it all from him or I don't need it all the time right. because I now have built my new community in Austin or I've now have my whatever friends I'm starting to like blah 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 you know versus New York I had all my people living next door to me and it was like two minutes yeah. and I was like like being held by my best friends you know what I Easily. mean like yeah. so much easier than in Austin we have to drive here and you have to drive there and you have to make more effort and I have a kid who's in school and I've got you know what I mean so it's just a lot more coordination and so um yeah it's just like it's it's um we're just we're in the dance I guess the viewers and listeners, then it's, can you connect to yourself and what your needs are? What are your needs in intimacy? What are your needs in sex? Yeah. What are your needs in just day to day? Yeah. You know, for people that are going into serious relationships, taking the next step or getting engaged, getting married, what are the non-negotiables? What are the things that like you have to have set and know yeah. before you jump in? Yeah, and I think, you know, what's interesting is during COVID because Andrew and I are so, we met in a peak life experience, right? We got married within three days of falling in love at Burning Man. We've been together 11 years after three nights, you know? Wow. We, like, we're so great at peak life experiences. That's where we truly fall more madly in love with each other. Because of COVID, we didn't have a lot of peak life experiences. We were, like, stuck in a home together. We were, like, going a little bit here and there, but not, not to the extent that we were. And so it's just, like, how do we, you know, like, how do we maintain like like the the mystery of a relationship right like for me like my mom always said like as a like how do you how do you keep a relation like a long term relationship strong and alive wow. and she's japanese and she goes always keep a little mystery ah you that's know? the key mystery is key and it's like part of mystery is range you know like my husband and i we 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 used to do and we we still do but like less than the last couple of years like a an like twice a year a sexcation where we would like go to a like weekend hotel and I would wear the cheerleader outfit and he'd be like the assistant coach of the f football team and we would like make a scene where it's like the bleachers of like we're like we meet, we meet at the, under the bleachers of the high school like right. whatever and then or I'd wear like BDSM gear and we would just play roles right. you know we would right. do like men love range women love range we love like playing all the different roles and I think we've kind of, you know, and, you know, without peak life experiences, kind of got set in a bit of a routine in our sexuality, in a bit of a routine. And so I think, like, that also, over time, just gets old and boring, yeah. you know? So you have to keep reinventing and keep getting, keeping it exciting. And um, and I think we're both, you know, like, we, we both could could do better in that mm. together. So you know? even doing a two-week sexcation, right? Yeah. Just talking about, like, what is it that you would want to expand on in this sexual relationship? And here's something that I really want to explore. Totally, exactly. And I think, yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot that, um, you know, I, I think at the beginning of our marriage, um, of our relationship, you know, I was, I am still, like, quite against, like, kind of porn, you know, and in its in its context of just sort of like um, the the old you know like the the, the classic porn, right? Yeah. Um, and and only only because it's not what women want, really. It's not how women like to have sex, mm. for the most part. And um, and so I I was very 
clunky in my expression of that, you know? And so I think in the realm of sexuality and sensuality, we, you know, um, like it, 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 it's a hard, it, it became harder to have conversations of like, what do you like? What do I like? Because of the initial, you know, like a bit of a shaming around like, a, a, you know, interest in porn, you know, something like that. Right. So it's like, you know, how can we approach conversations that are challenging with a lot more love, you know, and I've, I'm definitely like, I definitely know that my um, approach initially was from a place of hurt and wound yeah. and not from a place of, of, you know, like understanding, you know, as much. So how do you open that space then if you want to have a, a conversation? Because I know this is a very difficult conversation for a lot of viewers and listeners. Yeah. Say to their partner, hey, I actually like would love to explore this. And actually, I don't like doing this. Yeah. How do you open the space for that? It's, it's through and, you know, it's through conscious communication. And I think conscious communication requires non-judgment. And I know that it's very hard to do because we all judge. Conscious communication is sort of a... And for me, it feels very, um, it feels very uh, like prescriptive a lot. But what my and Andrew, my husband, is like really pro nonviolent communication NVC. And um, and initially, I was just like fighting against it, and I'm still a bit combative around it because I don't like talking constructs and whatever. But like, I understand why and like its value because especially in, in hard conversations, it's easy to get judgmental and it's easy to have the other person sh shut down when you're being judgmental. So conscious communication, nonviolent communication is a concept that's like this. So it says like, when you watch porn, so when you, and you say name like an actual observation, like when you watch porn, I feel, I feel sad, I feel disconnected, I feel unsexy, I feel scared that I'm not like enough or whatever. So you, you, you say like, when you do this one task, I feel, and then you say, my need is, my need is to feel enough connected, like desired, loved on, like in the way I want, you know? And so my request is maybe, you know, maybe rather than watching porn, we can do something mm -hmm. like together and we can explore sexuality together or we can, you know, find maybe a more conscious, you know, sex to watch or something like that or listen to and then start to use our imagination instead of our eyes because you know it, it becomes it's shown that porn addiction actually makes men more impotent faster yeah. and it's just a real problem yeah, for big, men for big. culture for what women want women hate porn no sex for the most part you know and it's like it's it's not sensual unless unless it's conscious sex you know that way conscious porn so you know i think there's just a lot of um I think I think from that lens of like feeling state and needs, just stating my feelings. Like when you do this, I feel and my need is. And so my, what I'm asking you to do is this. It's not like, well, ugh, you're so gross when you do that. Right. You know what I mean? You're, it's right. like it's so low vibrational. Like, shut down. It's shut down. Like it just immediately. And I'm guilty as charged, you know, to because it came from a place of hurt, anger, feeling feeling like rejected a lot, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's like we can all stand to benefit from sharing our hurt from our hearts and i and i know that like that's something that i've we, it's so hard to do sometimes when you're hurt and angry 100 you know it's so hard to be like i feel sad because you're exposing your heart more for them to potentially trample on it even more yeah and so that becomes like ugh, you know mm. it becomes vulnerable but vulnerability is power it is it, it so it's is the most powerful thing and like i i know that like spiritually but sometimes like my 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 protector comes in and i just want to like 
like protect my heart, you know? So that's just, yeah, it's part of it. I love that. Yeah. What, what, a, what a gift just to learn that communication style. Like yeah. so many of us can now integrate that. It's so easy yeah. when you, I feel, my I need, need is, my need is, is this. And my request is this. And yeah. my request is this. Yeah. Boom, four points that yeah. can totally change yeah. a conversation. Yeah. My husband right now, would be, Andrew would be like, wow, you're sharing this on podcast. Because I was like, I'm like, I, it's, I so, like, it. it's so fucking like constructy. Like I, know, I hate I this, you know, but like it's true in moments of like really hard conversations, like having a construct is really, really helpful. I love that. Yeah. I'm taking it for yeah, myself. Yeah, yeah. Putting it right here on the yeah, forefront of my head. Yeah. And next time it comes up, yeah. let's see, because all of a sudden works. vulnerability comes up and I'm like, no. and, and you want to, your ego kicks in. Big time. And ego is so, it just fucks everything up, you know? And mine does the most. Right. I come from an Indian father, very hot-blooded, very self-protective, you know, very defensive. Yeah. And so, like, I'm defensive, I'm self-protective, and I know that about myself. Yeah. And so it's sort of like... When I get to slow it all down, when I get to my, put my heart on the table, it always has better results. And somehow I just keep fucking forgetting. You know? Yeah, there's a huge cultural piece. Yeah. My my girlfriend's half Indian, Amazing. so I know all about that culture. Yeah, I'm Latin. You know, I, yes. got, I got the whole Latin blood. Yes, and imagine a hot-blooded Indian, a hot-blooded Latin, uh. not agreeing on something that's very important to agree yeah. on. To <laughs> both of you like, separately with different yeah, opinions about it. it. Like, yeah. But what I notice is living together, you gotta like handle this fast. Yeah. Because you're gonna be eating in the same room at some point right. in the near hour, yeah. or being, you yeah. know, it, it, we, our place isn't that big. You know what I mean? Totally. So, you got to release the tension in the room. So yeah. I love that practice. Yeah. There's a lot of women viewing, listening, who go, I want to start a business. Yeah. I really, uh, I know things. I know Tushy. Wow. Well, like, I'm, what a role model. You got to figure it out. What are some really awesome pointers that we can empower men and women, anyone yeah. starting a business? Because you've become very successful at what you've done. Mm -hmm. And it's beautiful. How do we start empowering these people? Yeah. I mean, I think... Um... I, I think it's it's very counterintuitive, but first step actually is building a strong community, actually, where you, you show up for your friends, even when you're building your thing, and you then, which, which because it's, it's ultimately, it's a boom spiral, right? Like, I, we, in our community in New York, we call ourselves a boom spiral. It's like, it's, it's the opposite of a doom spiral. It's like, mm. as a collective, you create a boom. Right. You know, and it's like, together, you have so much more space to fall down and get hurt because you have so many friends picking you back up and ushering you forward. And I think before starting anything, like, just to build a solid foundation of friends and community is st step one. And I think a lot of people who want to start something, they end up, like, alienating everyone because like, sorry, I'm busy. I can't come to your thing. Right. Can't come to your thing. Can't come to your thing. I'm doing my thing. I'm my, my, me, my thing, me, my. And then you end up being like, you stop getting the calls. You guys the, and then you start getting more isolated, more depressed, more lonely, more alone. And it's just not, it becomes so unfun. Yeah. You know, so step one is to continue showing up for your friends, continue supporting them, continue, you know, like making sure you're, you're doing enough, like when you're building your thing, like, like, so if you, so, if you have a job and you want to start a business and jump off, right? My rule of thumb is, and I talk about this in my book, Do Cool Shit, is before you start, have six months of runway of cash. So basically, 
you know, and, and, and that six months includes rent, includes food, includes going out with your friends, like includes like, yeah. you know, like taking yourself out to dinner, like doing the things that you're not going to like, sorry, can't do that because I'm starting a company. It becomes a slog. So like we can, we have to tighten our purse strings and build. It's, sometimes it could take a while to have six months of, of your own money runway to like pay your bills, right? In that six months, I give myself four months to start, the, like to go and build. It's like, okay, so like, uh, in those four months, I'm going to, um, like, before I jump off the, before I, like, quit my job, I want six months. So now, from the day I quit my job, I have four months to get to a place where I either sell my first product or I raise the first dollar. Because then, if you don't do either of those things, then you have two months to get a job and then re-up your six months. Yeah. You know, so, so I always say, like, so in those four months, like, um, you know, have all the conversation you need to have with all the right the, you know, the smartest people that you know in the topics, shadowing someone for a you know, week, offering something that you can do for someone else. And so like, for example, you know, when I was first starting out my first business in my book, Do Culture, I talk about it. You know, I shadowed um, Rich Wolf, who's the number one restaurateur in New York City. Like I found out where he was going to be through a friend of a friend at a restaurant one night. And I just showed up there and I said, hey, Rich, I want to start a restaurant. I want, to, I want to give you my time for free. I will do anything for you. I will wash your toilets. I will shine your shoes. I just want to follow you around for a month and I will do anything you don't want to do so I can I can just be a shadow on your, on your walls. Mm. So he was like, he was at a table with his wife and all his friends. <laughs> and, he was like, and she was like, say yes, look at this sweet girl. I you love know? That. And so he said yes. And Fantastic. so and so I got to shadow the yeah. number one. He did, I mean, one restaurant does 26 million a year, Tao. You know, Tao. Yeah, Tao. Yeah, oh, like, that's a Tao guy. The Tao guy, yeah. And, um, and he was the first entrepreneur that I really shadowed for a month. And then I went to all of his, like, architecture meetings. I went to his management meetings. I went to his, you know, like, build-out meetings. I went to, like, all, and so I was like, oh, this is how you, this is how you operators think. This is how entrepreneurs, business people think. And then from there, um, I started having like, you know, the, what, I, what I, I, I called meeting of the minds. And so sometimes, you know, when you, when you want to like talk to people, you're like, oh, I have an idea. Like, tell me what you think about this. Tell me what you think about that. Like, you know, I, I created a thing called meeting of the minds. And what I did was I sent like 20 different people from different walks of life a message, saying an email, saying, you know, like you have been handpicked by me as one of the smartest people I know. You and 19 other brilliant people that you don't know are coming together. I borrowed my friend's loft apartment in New York City. I had my friends, my friend who's a chef, come and cook a meal. And I had them base. I was like, come and have a beautiful free meal on me, like, you know, um, and meet like 19 other epic people, you know. And at the same time, I want to ask you a few questions about my new business. And so I had 100% hit rate. All 20 people came because it's like, because it's a win-win, yeah, right? No brainer. It's a no, you can't just be like, can I pick your brain? Like I would, anyone listening, remove the words, can I pick your brain from your vocabulary? Because nobody wants to have their brains picked because they, mm -mm. they have no time. Mm -mm. But they would come to a beautiful free meal, a loft apartment, meeting other 20 epic people who have been handpicked by someone that they kind of, that they, that they know who think, they think is cool. You know, so everyone showed up and then from that place, all these epic people met and then instead of spending two, two hours at dinner, we spent seven hours brainstorming my business and everyone had all these ideas. And, and so literally within like two of these nights, I held two different ones. I had my entire business plan, my entire opportunity. Mm. I had all these, a bunch of them invested in the companies, you know, in the company because they were all invested, yeah. you know? And so like there's a, there's a, there's a kind of, you always say like, if you ask for advice, 
Um, uh, ask for advice, you get money. Ask for money, you get advice. Mm. So don't, like when you're first starting out, don't ask for money. Ask for advice. And then when the person's invested in what you're doing, because they're like, oh, like you see your energy, and like this is a great idea. Like, actually, you know what? I'll throw some money in. Yeah. Like, they don't, don't ask for money. Ask for advice, and you'll get money. Mm. Don't ask, you know, so it's, it's a very interesting um, way, but so I so I came up with the whole business idea that way by 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 just like flushing it out with these meeting of the minds, and then from there I did I had fundraising dinner parties and I did a similar thing where I, I I invited a bunch of people to you know rooms and um, and had beautiful dinners and they got to know they become best friends and then I raised the money that way. But my book Ducal Shit really walks you through step by step by step yeah. on exactly what I did to to build my first business and then um, Disruptor is really about disrupting your whole notion of what your life could be like. It's interesting because at no point did you say like, write up this business plan, call up all these investors and do this. You worked from the uh, untangible parts, the parts that are community, connection, giving, mm -hmm. right? Bringing people together. These are all the, the intangible. These are the things that you can't, you know, it's right? Feminine. Yeah, it, it's the feminine part. There's yeah. no blueprint for this. Yeah. And then from that place you've built. Yeah. And it's really beautiful to see because there's a there's a mental, emotional, spiritual side to the materialistic success that we see, the building of it, the yeah. creation, the, the stuff that you could put your the assets, the, the the expenses, right? Because it's it feels so inauthentic when someone's like, Can I pick your brain? Like, give me the top tips and tricks on like how to Are you kidding me? I get a thousand DMs every day. Do you know what I mean? Let me pick your brain about this. Exactly. What are the top things? Exactly, the tips and tricks, and you're just like it doesn't, life doesn't work on tips and tricks. You have to dive in and do the deep work. Yeah. Like you can't, you can't bypass. Like everyone wants to bypass spirituality. Everyone wants to bypass learning shit. Everyone wants to bypass business. Like I should be CEO right now. Like who the fuck do you think you are? It's like, yo, you were literally like, you just got hired three months ago. Like right. what? You know, people just want to have the accolades because we live in this me, me, me selfie generation. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you gotta put your head down. And just get to work. Yeah. And like you know, like I, I think for me, you know, one of the reasons why I do have res I, I do you know have respect, um, is because I just work. I just get. I I don't like the the it's the it's just like what 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 have I done? Like what are you doing? Not what have I said? Like wow. not what am I shouting about? It's like what am I doing? Yeah. And and that's. That's no one can argue that. Right when you they know? see it, no one can argue done. the things that have been done. Mm -hmm. People can argue it's oh that person's just all talk like they don't they don't they don't do anything, but like doing the things over and over and over again, day in day out for years, is a fuck ton of work. Mm -hmm. A lot of stress, a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of the a lot of things that ninety nine point nine percent of people are not willing to do. Yeah, and so it's like. The other thing, you know, if people want to start a business, it's like I, I would ask yourself three questions. It's also my book, Do Cool Shit. Ask yourself three questions before you start any business. Question number one is what sucks in my world? It has to be something that sucks in your world. For me, it was period accidents constantly, having stomach aches when I ate regular pizza, having a dirty asshole when I took a shit. You know what I mean? Like, um, question number two is does it suck for a lot of people? You know, uh, one in five Americans are now e gluten free. Back in the day, everyone was like kind of like getting, you know, the, Bloat, bloating Dealing from pizza, it. the dairy yeah. and shit. And so one in five, you know, like it's one in five Americans are gluten, 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 gluten free. One in five Americans are lactose intolerant. 
it's a huge, huge market of, of opportunity, right? Every woman has had a period accident in their life, for sure. Every person walking without a tushy bidet has a dirty butthole. Everyone Do you know what I mean? Or without a bidet, yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody who poops, you know, is is not, like, is an opportunity, mm-hmm. right? So what sucks in my world, does it suck for a lot of people, right? And when I say, you know, like, for tushy specifically, you know, like, beyond just, like, cleanliness and, and you know, pe- there's a lot of people have chronic UTIs, it- itching, bacterial vaginosis, yeast infections, f- anal fissures, mm-hmm. anal itching, like, all these ailments. People have GI issues. People have chronic thyroid issues, which makes their stool soft. People have all kinds of things that when you're wiping, it's like fucking, like, slob yeah. to wipe. And you're smearing shit everywhere. You're not actually cleaning it off, <laughs> you know, like, properly taking a shower. Yeah, yeah. And so um, we're... Yeah, like there's 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 a there's a huge opportunity because there's a lot of people that have real real issues that want to have this solved, right? So what sucks in my world? Does it suck for a lot of people? And the third question is, can I can I be passionate about this for a really long time? They say it take, takes ten years to be an overnight success. We know that, wow. right? Do you know? Guess how old Lacroix is? You know the drink Lacroix? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Guess how old it is? Uh, well, okay. Because you see the piece popped up. Yeah, I'm gonna give you. I'll give you. I saw them in 20, 20 16, 17, four, I five years. I've seen them. Thirty-five years old. No, it's not. They're thirty-five years old. I've only seen them for five. That's what I'm saying. They're 35 years old. They've been around for 35 years. And so people are always like, oh, thanks. You got lucky. Well, no, we started We started working on it in 2005. You know, oh, Tushy's all, Tushy started working in 2014. Wow. You know, and so it's like, we're not, they're not like, you know, like things, I sold my shares in things in 2019. You started working in 2000, we had the idea in 2005, started working on it in 2011, but then sold in 2019. Like, it's a long, long time. time, you know, and same thing with, with Tushy, had the idea in 2013, started in 2014, and then, you know, and 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 we're now like, you know, it's 2022. Like we're we're in we're thinking about, you know, potentially in, in, in the next couple of years to have an you know an exit. The third one, and congratulations. Yes. The third one is very important. Can I do this for that long? For really long, can I be passionate about this issue, cause, or community for a really long time? Most people can't sit in something for le- for more than a year. Yeah. Let alone like ten. Yeah. By, by like, it takes, like, can you sit in the discomfort for the next 10 years in this particular subject? For me, it's like, can I be passionate about food? Rest of my life. Can I be passionate about women's issues? Rest of my life. Can I be passionate about health hygiene and saving 15 million trees every single year for toilet, from toilet paper consumption? For the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. My, you know, Mickey in Japanese means three beautiful trees. Mm-hmm. I love trees. You know? And you had the tree exorcism. Yes, I had the tree exorcism. Trees just come through at all times. I become a tree. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So it's, it's like we, and, and it sounds like, oh, like, okay, now what? The now what is, I, I would, again, read, read, read the book, Do Cool Shit. I would, I would start to like, it's one step at a time. There's, I actually have a Mind Valley course called Zero to Hundred Million that I started um, and how to take your company. Because, you know, what, what I talk about is like, it takes the same amount of energy to build a one million company, a 10 million company, or a hundred million dollar company, right? Mm. And so, you know, both, you know, like things in Tushy are, are valued at, at that, you know, well over, well over that right now. Amazing. And so like, so I have this course called Zero to 100 Million and it's really about 100 million energy, but it's all, but it's all about marketing tactics, PR tactics, product development tactics, hiring tactics, like every single thing that I did for both of my companies to take them to, to nine figures. And so um, it, that would be, also a great place to start. Just go to mindvalley.com and you can just go to the... And, and that is a... It's a course. It's a course. It's a course called Zero to 100 Million. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, it's so like 50 everyone. videos. Anyone can take it. Man, woman, if you're starting a company, 
Yeah. This is what you got to do. Get on that Mind Valley course. Yeah. Get the book. Do cool shit. Yeah. And disrupt her. And disrupt her. And yes. and follow you where? Um, at um, oh on Instagram, Mickey at Mickey Agrawal. Okay. I, I check my DMs sometimes. You yeah. check the DMs. You got a website or something? Yeah, like MickeyAgrawal.com. How do you spell Agrawal? Um, a it's M I K I and Agrawal A G R A W A L. And then go to hellotushy.com and it'll change your life. And get that really cool shirt that I wear around the house. Ask me about, about, Ask me about my butthole. That's right. And, and there's, there's pictures that have been taken. Yes, me send it to me. I want to see Building it. a couch. You might ask me about my butthole yes. shirt. So, so my, my, my girlfriend gets a, gets a kick out of it. <laughs> you got to install around. the tissue soon. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we got to still. Yeah, yeah that's for the next new, move. For the new place. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, hey, thank you so much for being here, man. This is, it's so inspiring to move from the conversations, like the real part of your personal life, yeah. the empowerment, masculine, feminine we talk about. And then really the tangible stuff about your field, your success, and just empowering so many people. Because I know a lot of people can use the advice that you get, you gave and now run with it. Mm. So what a gift. Thank you so much. Thank you.